Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. So I am going to continue today with our three, oh, full-part series. I'm doing part three of Winning the War in Your Mind. So that's the series we're busy with, Winning the War in Your Mind. And our thoughts are so powerful. It changes our perspective. It influences our actions and our habits. It's all um, influenced by the thoughts that we think. So we are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. We are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So if you don't like where you are going to at the moment, then, it, then something needs to change, and it starts here in your mind. There needs to be a change in your thought pattern. Because what you think about, that is what you're going to become. What you constantly dwell on, that is what you become. So the title of my message today is Defeat Your Negative Thoughts. So winning the war in your mind, defeating your negative thoughts. And my prayer is that after this uh, today's message, that you will have some weapons, some ammunition to fight those negative thoughts with. Because you, you have the ability to fight them. You can win and overcome because Jesus lives inside of you and he has overcome. He has already won and he lives inside of you. So you have the ability to overcome those thoughts. You are in a battle and you have the ability to take those thoughts captive. So that is what you can look forward to. Hopefully after today, you'll have that ability to fight your battles in a better way. Now, Most of us living here in Sweden have a pretty decent life. But for some reason, I don't know about you guys, but I still find myself complaining about things. Like there's so many good things in my life, but I still complain about stuff. And we so often focus on what we don't have instead of being thankful for what we do have. And um, just to, to prove this point... I want to ask you guys, who of you here, you can just put up your hand, owns, it's not a very spiritual question, who of you owns a bicycle? Okay, so it's, it feels like it's almost the whole church. If you just go down to Malmö Central Station, I mean, there's a lot of bicycles out there. And did you know, um, there's this book from Hans Rosling, he, uh, Factfulness. And in this book, he, uh, he, he just brings a different perspective. And he mentioned there that if you own a bicycle, that you're one of the top um, percentage of richest people in the world. So just the perspective that you have, the change, it gives you a different perspective, perspective of, you know, what we really have, actually, what we can be thankful for. So, yeah, just giving us another focus. Because we so fo- uh, often focus on what we don't have, instead of just praising God for what we do actually have. And I believe that our happiness is, is influenced by how we perceive our worlds. That influences our happiness. And God says that we should give him thanks. 
And I don't think he says that because, you know, he needs our praise. I think he does that so that we can realign our perspective. So he says here, 1 Thessalonians, uh, Thessalonians, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. So give thanks to God for what you have, because it gives you a different perspective of life. Because your mind is a battlefield. Um, Most of our battles are won and lost in our minds. And I remember I um, used to run track. So I used to run 100, 200, 400, and 800 meters. (laughs) And, um, you know, before you go down in your blocks, there's this battle going on in your mind. While you're doing the race, there's there's nothing. You know, it's before you go into your blocks that there's a battle going on in your mind. And you're looking around, you're like, wow, look at her muscles, my goodness. Or look at the gear she has. She looks so professional. Uh, and then it's these thoughts like, oh, wow, I would never be able to win. I, you know, she beats her. She's so, she's so good. So it's all these thoughts you need to take captive. Like, no, I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to focus. I'm, I win that race in my mind before I go down in my blocks. So what you allow yourself to think about influences what the race is going to look like. So our battles in life are the same. Our battles are won and lost in our minds here before we even go down into our blocks. Because the life you have now is often a reflection of the thoughts that you think. So what you allow yourself to dwell on, that influences your life. So what comes into your mind comes out into your life. You cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. So we need to take our negative thoughts captive. In 2 Corinthians 10, For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as this world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divine powers to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ Jesus. So we take our thoughts captive. So first of all, we are in a war. So you guys need to recognize that we are constantly in a war. And we need to take the thoughts that are not of God. We need to take that captive. And we need to speak God's truth over that. For, for example, when I started a job, a new job, you're thinking, oh, I will never be able to do this job. It's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit overwhelming you know, and you get all these thoughts that like, you're not good enough, you won't be able to do this. And then you need to take that thought as soon as it comes into your head. You take that captive and you speak God's word over it. And you say, no, all things are possible in Christ Jesus. That's one of examples. So you need to know the word of God so you can use it as your weapon. So whenever there's a thought coming into your mind that is not truth, that you can speak truth over it. The word of God is your weapon. Pastor Phil Pringle says, I cannot afford to have a thought in my mind that is not of God. Because our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. 
We need to take the thoughts that is not of God, we need to take that captive. Because that eventually becomes our reality. The things that you think eventually become your reality. So the question I want to ask you today is, what are you constantly thinking about? What thoughts can you think about today that you need to take captive? So whatever comes into your mind now, whatever the Holy Spirit reminds you about now, what is that thought you constantly think about that you need to take captive and change? Because I think so often, yeah, we, um, we, when we start thinking a thought, um, it's so, it, it becomes much easier to keep thinking that thought. Last week, Matthew talked about you know, neural pathways. He talked about getting stuck in a rut. So a neural pathway is a pathway that is formed. Uh, it can be um, through your thinking or something that you're doing. It's an action. When your action is repeated, it becomes easier and easier to repeat that action. If a thought is repeated, it becomes easier and easier to do that thought because there's a neural pathway that's being formed. And the picture Matthew showed last week of, of a truck that was getting stuck in a rut, like a muddy road. It's a, it's a road that's unintentionally formed, and you can so easily get stuck in that, stuck in that rut, stuck in that thought patterns that you continually think and think uh, over and over. Because it's easier to just rethink something if there's already a pathway that's being made. So today, you, we need to re recognize those pathways that are not of God, and we need to make a change and start forming a new pathway. And in the beginning, it is going to be difficult because you're going to want to go down this pathway that you used to go, that's familiar to you. You want to, it's going to be easier going down there. So it's going to take some effort in the beginning to change the direction of your thoughts. But the more and more you think, uh, the truth of God, um, thoughts about God over your life, the easier it's going to become in the end. So replace the lies that the enemy has told you over the years, replace it with God's truth. Because we might be living, I'm sure all of us believe some lies that we don't even know we're believing over our lives, and we've just kind of accepted it as truth. We thought, oh, this is just you know, the way life is, or this is just the way I am. I can't change this. But I want to tell you today that you can actually change this. You have the ability to change that neural pathways. You, you're not a victim to your circumstances. And um, on Thursday night, I had a dream. I wasn't sure if I should share it. But um, after hearing so many other people um, today sharing about truth of God, and it's like, oh, it seems like there's a theme going. I'm like, oh, thank you, God, this is confirmation. I should share this. Because um, I don't normally dream dreams. Well, they say everyone dreams dreams. I don't normally remember my dreams. Um, so on Thursday night, um, I had this dream about a snake in a playground. Now, dreaming about a snake, it's not never a good thing. But there was this snake in the playground, um, but it was huge. It filled up the whole, almost the whole playground was like filled with a snake. It didn't look real. It, it looked fake. It looked like it could be, you know, part of the playground. 
but it was just strange. And everyone else there seemed to kind of just ignore it. They didn't even seem to notice it. They're just so used to this snake lying there. And I went closer to investigate because it was just strange. I noticed, the thing is, I noticed it. No one else seemed to notice it, but I noticed the snake and I went closer to go investigate. And as I went closer to investigate it, and it realized that I saw it and it became very aggressive and it attacked me and I wrestled with it and in the end I won. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you can all win your snakes. So what I'm trying to say today is you can all win your snakes. They, some of us might have a snake in our playground, something that we've gotten so used to, some thoughts that you've made it, have entertained over your life. You're so used to it, you think, oh, it's just part of me, you know. This is just who I am. This is the thing that I just struggle with. This is just my thing that I struggle with. But I want to tell you today that you actually can overcome that thought. You can overcome that lie of the enemy because Jesus Christ lives inside of you. And he has overcome. So you can overcome that that thing, that snake. So I want to encourage you and dare you to tackle that snake in your playground today. So tackle those thoughts, overcome it, and start forming new neural pathways. A new way of thinking. So, you might have some cognitive biases. Uh, that's like mental filters. And those mental filters might need to be readjusted. So, cognitive bias is a, it's a mistake in reasoning because of past experiences that you might have had or preference, preferences that you might have. So, it's a mental picture that influences the way that you think. Uh, or in other words, it's the lens through which you view your world. So it influences how you would see a situation. Now, for example, if you grew up with abusive men, you might think that all men are abusive. You just have this picture, men are dangerous, all men are abusers, and it's really hard for you to trust men. That's the view through which you see it from your previous experience. Or maybe you grew up with parents that maybe seemed to make, um, like talk, uh, spoke uh, about uh, rich people badly, maybe, and then now you're doing really well at your work, you're being really successful, and you're feeling like kind of bad about the fact that you are successful. So that's another lens through which you view your world. Maybe that needs to change. So the filter you have shapes how you see life. And the filter is um, influenced by your past experiences. So depending on your past experience, you might interpret a situation in your life in a different way. In different ways uh, influenced by your past experience. So there should be a picture on the screen now. It's a picture of a sun breaking through clouds. And, but on the one side, you can't even see it because it's so dark. On this side of the picture, so you might look at this picture and you see two different things. So on the one side, you might see, look at those dark clouds. Oh my goodness, there's an incredible storm. 
see the dark clouds, and you just see the dark clouds. But there can be another person that looks at exactly the same picture, and they see the sun. They're like, oh, wow, look, the storm's almost gone. The sun is coming through. There's sunshine. So it's exactly the same picture, two different people are looking at, and they might interpret it in two different ways, depending on your past experiences, depending on what filter you are looking through. You might see things in a different way. That is why, for example, two people that work for boss um, can interpret his message in two completely different ways. For example, the boss calls in the employee. Um, he gives both of them exactly the same message in exactly the same way. The one might leave with, oh, you know, he doesn't appreciate me. I'm going to quit my job. And the other one might leave with, oh, thankfulness. Thank you for pointing that out. Thank you for showing me that I should work on this area. I'm going to work on this and become even better at my job. So it's exactly the same situation, exactly the same feedback, but it's um, just received in a different way because of your mental um, and your filter through which you view this feedback, through, through which you view your world. And in Numbers, in the Bible, in Numbers uh, chapter 13 and 14, I'm not going to read all of it, but that's where Moses sends in the 12 spies. He sends in the 12 spies to go and explore the land. And so two of them comes back with a good report. They say, it's a beautiful land. We can take it with God with us. We can, we can go and fight. We can overcome this. The other 10, however, says... The land devours, there's giants, and we are like grasshoppers in their sight. So it's, the facts are not different, it's the filters. It's exactly the same facts, but it's just different how the two groups saw the situation. So you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you see it. You can't control how you interpret it. Now, when we lost our twin daughters, um, I was struggling with depression. I wasn't diagnosed with it, but I was definitely um, depressed. And um, a friend of mine, she's a psychologist. I think God put it in her heart to approach me. So she um, offered to give me sessions. And in these sessions of ours, one of the sessions, I still remember her praying for me, and she's, she got a picture of me making a parallax fault or a parallax mistake. Uh, so in, in science, if you don't know what that is, and that's also so um, amazing to me, is I'm a, I, I'm a scientist, and God speaks to you exactly how you can understand it. Like for no one else would this make any sense, so that's why I'm going to explain it, unless you're a scientist. Um, but God just knows exactly how we to meet us when we are in our crises. And he met me there, and he, he, he basically a parallax fault. So let me just first explain that. So a parallax fault is a mistake uh, that you make in how you make your measurement. So even in a laboratorium, if you have a flask and you pour some liquid into it and you want to make a reading, you need to go down exactly on the le level of where the line is. 
If you make the reading from the top or from the bottom, you're not going to make a correct reading. You're going to make a mistake in reasoning or in reading it, a parallax mistake. And anyway, so she, God basically said that I'm making this parallax mistake. I'm reading it wrong. Um, I'm not reading it from his perspective because the thing is, God has an internal perspective. He sees the whole picture, and we just see a part of the picture. He sees the whole picture, and we just see a little part of it. And from where God was interpreting it, it was not a bad thing. Um, because, Because of Jesus, we will spend eternity, I will spend eternity one day with my children, with my twin daughters, So this is just like a second that I won't see them, but I will see them for the rest of eternity. So from God's perspective, that's not actually that bad. So it's just the filter through which you view things uh, that it's not the facts that are different, but the filter that is different. The filter through which you view your situation. So ask Jesus to help you see things from his point of view. Because maybe you're sitting here and you're just thinking, oh, you know, I, I expected something different in my life. I expected to be in a different place that I'm at than I am at the moment in my life. Maybe you worked hard, you earned a degree, but now you are underpaid. You sit in a job that... It doesn't give you much. It doesn't feel very meaningful. Or you dream to have a great marriage. You married your high school sweetheart, and now you're divorced. You're just not where you thought you would be. Things didn't work out as you planned for them to work out. And if that's you, uh, the Apostle Paul, I think you would be able to identify with him. Because he had this dream to go to Rome. He wanted to go to Rome with everything he had and go and preach the gospel there. And then he did go to Rome, but he was imprisoned. He, didn't go, he, he couldn't go and preach the gospel like he planned to. But let's see from how he sees it. Let's see from what filter Paul looks at the situation. He says in Philippians 1.12, Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear through the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. So most people would see this as a bad situation. But Paul was looking at it through a different filter. Sorry, it's a bit hot today. I need a drink. Um, so, but Paul was viewing this situation through a different uh, filter. He was not seeing this as so bad. You know, being stuck in a prison, that is a really bad thing. But he looked at it from this side, you know. Every eight hours, the Roman guards would um, have a different shift. So every eight hours, he would get another person chained to him that he could tell the gospel to. So for him, it wasn't bad. He was preaching the gospel, and this guy had to listen to him. He was chained to him. So that is just Paul's perspective. 
like, oh, this is not that bad. The gospel is advancing. So he, it's not the facts that are different. He's still in prison. It is just how he looks at it. So start, we need to start changing the way in which we view our situations. Now, some practical ways in which we can do that. I actually have only one. I don't have a list. I have only one way which I think we can do this, and that is to thank God. Thank God for what we have. Just continually give thanks to God. And that's what I, when I started the message, it, I said, give thanks to God always. And it's not because God needs it, it's because we need it. We need it to get a different perspective. And if you can't think of anything to give God thanks for, I've had moments like that, then just thank him for what didn't happen in your life. Thank him. Maybe you missed a goal at work. You didn't get the raise that you expected to. But thank him that you at least still have a job. Maybe you were in a car wreck and it was very expensive. But, you know, at least no one got hurt. There's always something to thank God about. You will find what you are looking for. If you are focusing to find something that's wrong, you will find it. But if you are looking for something that's good, then you will find that. You will find what you're looking for. That's called cognitive reframing. So you have the ability to decide the meaning of your situation. You have the ability to make that decision. Or, even better, ask Jesus to help you decide the meaning of your situation. Help him to see a situation. Ask him to help you to see a situation out of his point of view. For God works all things for the good. And one thing I've learned is, do not interpret God through your circumstances, but interpret your circumstances through the goodness of God. Do not interpret God through your circumstances, but interpret um, your circumstances through the goodness of God. Could the band come up for me, please? And now me standing here preaching about this, you might think, oh, I've had it all figured out. You know, I've overcome all of this. Um, that is not the truth. This is a, this is a daily battle uh, that we all have to face. We daily have to put on our armor Take up the word as our sword and fight those negative thoughts that is not of God. So we, first of all, we need to recognize those thoughts and then we need to speak God's word over it. Speak truth over that word as soon as it comes into your mind and start forming new pathways so that you can have a different outcome in your life. And then Paul says there, what has happened to me has advanced the gospel. And I can say, what has happened to me has advanced the gospel. When I had my brain bleed, um, I, I feel like I'm always testifying about these two things, but I, I feel like I can, I can preach so many sermons about the lessons God taught me and those two events. But when I had, I had a brain bleed, um, it's now 16 years ago, and I was completely paralyzed. And that seems like a really bad situation. Just like Paul in prison. I was completely paralyzed, lying on my hospital bed. And the people that came to visit me, they would tell me, you know, you, you're just lying here. 
and people all around you, when they hear your story, they're getting saved. I was not doing anything, but God was doing it. I was just lying there. And it looked like a really, really bad situation, but God used it for the good. And the thing is, I'm not still in that hospital bed. I'm standing here today testifying to you about God's goodness. God is good and He has overcome. It doesn't matter how bad your situation looks like. He has overcome. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you see it. So defeat your negative thoughts as soon as they come into your mind. Take them captive. Speak God's truth over it. Yeah, so... You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you see it. So as we come to a close, if you are struggling with negative thoughts, you're struggling with depression, anxiety, fear, or lust, or any other thought that maybe God has revealed to you now, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about, that is not of God, I want you to bring that in worship to Jesus. Bring it to His cross. Bring it to Him because He is able to overcome that. Bring that to Him so He can help you in this battle. So as we go into worship now, I want you to bring that to God. And if you want someone afterwards to pray with you, we will be here at the front if you want that as well. But As you go into worship now, I want you to focus on Jesus. He is the commander of heaven's armies. He is powerful. He is victorious. And he has won this battle. He holds the keys to life. So bring your situation to him.